All right, we are live. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had some uh, technical difficulties to uh, the late start here, but no worries. I hit uh, it with a hammer. I started beating my computer and my microphone with each other until they started working. So here we are. <laughs> um, yeah, here we are. And we are talking about Maleo Python Timorensis. Well, um, is that the Latin or has something changed again? That's the Latin as far as what I see. That's um, the Latin I that that's the only Latin I accept. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I know that there's been, uh, well, the, the, we'll get into it, but uh, this species in particular um, is it, that we're going to be talking about uh, is is in the hobby what we call the Timor Python, but reality, um, they... The Lesser Sudan. It's, uh, yeah, the Lesser Sundas Python is uh, really the good name, the common name that we should use, because as we will find out, the Timor Python probably doesn't, even occur on Timor. <laughs> on Timor Island? What? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so me and, I figured so I, that was coming. <laughs> um, a couple things. Um, yeah. What's going on with you? Let's start at the beginning. Let's do I, some housekeeping. Dude, it, so I came home from like just being away for a day, but oh, yeah, you were away for the weekend, right? I was, I was, I was away for. Um, we left Friday and we came home Sunday. So really it's like Saturday and some hours. Like it wasn't like the weekend or anything like that. So, um, it, it was just at the height of the season that the height of where I'm at right now with the babies and everything, the, the, the room was a complete wreck. <laughs> like, like I was only gone for a day. What happened? So right. it's. That was today was just massive cleaning right after work and doing all that fun stuff. And I still have the um I, I still have the corn snakes that are coming. Uh the blonde hognos are coming. Holy um shit. I'm still trying to get the uh giants eating. I have to take pictures of everything that is eating so I can put it up for sale. And oh god, it's it's sheer pandemonium over here. Like, oh my god. Um the rough scale did not lay eggs. No. Okay. No, All right, that well. did not happen. So it's um, always next year. Always yes, next there year. is always next year when I will have two ready. So I can try to do that, but um, I'm almost glad. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> I never thought I would hear you say I, I'm I glad don't wanna, rough scale I don't want to. They didn't produce. Okay. Well, it's well, you know, the problem is that you get this the is where we are. Well, it is. It's I don't know how we got here, but here we are. Well, you get the babies, but then it's like getting them all feeding could just be like pulling stuff out of your like pulling teeth. Yeah. So you really want to compound that by adding more that are just going to be a little touchy about eating. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not, yeah. So that's that. Um, I got Hamburg this Saturday, so I'm going to go there grab a couple things um, and see what's around. And then I should be out of there before the doors even open. Um, <laughs> I, I, dude, I is got that, off. Is that when the mites come out? When the doors no, I mean, no, no, first of all, they, they're constantly there. I think you can go to like, I think you can go to the Shriner circus in that building and come away with reptile mites, but you know, I'm going, I was offered a couple tables from people who nobody wants to vend in the middle of August in that place. Like, well, because so, it's 365 degrees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cake Cortices and monitors love it, but everything else in that building <laughs> yeah. wants to die. Yeah. 
so yeah, no, I I'm I'm not doing it. So okay, uh, yep. All right. Well, I mean, I don't really have anything going on as far as breeding or anything like that. So, uh, but I am putting together my breeding um, pairings for the upcoming year. So I'm pretty excited about for, that because 2023 right around the corner my man so i don't even want to think about that because you want you want my fucking bread liar do end of september like yeah. it's oh oh so like i have maybe a week or two to get them started before everything has to start going down yeah yeah, yeah. so uh i did uh i did take a deep dive into this species so um so yeah this is uh sort of um it seems that for whatever reason, me and Rob just can't seem to line up time to do student of the serpent. So I said, somehow I've it. been tricked into doing student of the serpent with you. I don't yeah, understand. How this we're happened. just going to do it on NPR. That's all. <laughs> we're just going to do it that way. I mean, we've I done see. it. We've I done see it. What for, happened here. <laughs> we did. We've done, we've covered what, uh, rough scale pythons. Yep. Um, I think in the past we kind of dabbled with coastal carpets and I think we did, we did I see what you're doing here. You're doing animals that I know, like that I have and all, and I love. Yes. So I won't put up too much of a fight when so, you're like, "We're gonna do a deep dive into this python." Okay. Like it's. <laughs> I have done all your homework for you, Owen, and put Excellent. it in a nice PDF and sent it to you. Now, in a now nice you, need to, now you need to breed it. <laughs> now you like, just need to study. It's almost it. like you're trying to send me a, some kind of message yes. here. Breed these, would <laughs> you please? Next um, will be diamonds, and that'll be for you. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I thought that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking about like, you know, we, we it seems like the reptile hobby world, whatever, seems to be focusing more on the personalities. And that's cool. But to me, I I quite enjoy the animals much do you, more. <laughs> do you mean do you mean the personalities of the animal or the personalities of the people no. who are? No, they're like the personalities of the reptile. Hobby, using the you know? animal as like a hula, like you Correct. know, as, as a jump rope. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um okay. so yeah, uh carpets and coffee. I just wanted to let everybody know we're moving to an every other Friday at yes. this point. Um yep. because it is there's several demands because now that I'm a permanent cast member of this one, I <laughs> yeah. I had to I had to come in and raise all kinds of hell. Yeah. And uh, his contract Eric had, only Eric stated had to shift some things <laughs> to placate did. my contract and yes. my bitching. So yeah, that's yes. where we are at. So we're we're there. Maybe we'll start at six. Maybe we'll start at seven. I don't know. We'll that will will soon to be. <laughs> we'll we'll figure um, that out later. And also, uh, our compadre Lucas Lee mm. was on Snakes and Stogies last night, so you should check that out. Okay. Um, he uh he hatched out a couple blackheads, so he's so Ooh, moon about yeah, that. Those, you know? um, and they're weird looking. Like the one, yeah, the one is, is just pretty wild, really yeah. wild, like really high cool. black. And I'm like, I don't need black. Holy shit, that's awesome! Like it was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then in sad news, uh, Evan Waxler passed yeah. away, which yeah. is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, that was kind of out of left field, and and obviously, you know, condolences out to everybody. Yeah. Uh, who knew him and, and your friends and family with that, uh, especially our, our good friend, Keith. I know he was pretty tight with Evan and, um, you know, we, he had, he had been at several, I think every carpet fest we had, yep. um, I'd met him at several shows. I know he hung Tinley. out with us at Tinley. Um, he and came he was on a, the Bowens round table. Yep. A couple yep. Times. Yep. So it was that, I know he was a, a pretty big part of the community. And I know even he, he cared about pretty much, um, 
a lot of different animals. I remember the one time we were at Tim Tinley, some dude had fly river turtles, but they weren't in water. And Evan literally like threw money at the guy and said, "Will you please put the turtles in water?" Uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Like, oh my <laughs> he was God. so mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like okay, I forgot yeah. all about that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> cool, cool. So you know that was uh, that was one of those. So uh, very sad to hear that. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. You got anything else or you want to get into it? Let's, you want to talk some, uh, I got, I got some... nothing. <laughs> okay. So, so it's we're going to, so, so, um, I think I had mentioned to you a few weeks ago about, I think you were talking about your upcoming season or whatever, but I talked yes. to you about this paper that the Barkers had, you did, um, mm -hmm. about breeding Timor pythons. So I thought it was in this one book, but it turns out it's in this, this other book, which is this right here. And um, damn it, yeah, that's need that one. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So Rob Stone gave me this as a gift um, one year. Of all the Timor pythons you have that you're trying to breed, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I I have had two point two of them. I, I know you have. I know you have. <laughs> I think Owen now has well, I my why, two point hey, two, or yeah, <laughs> yeah, or he has the one. Uh, I have the, other... the one. Yep, yeah. I have the one still. Yep. Um. So I I thought you know as I found it and sent you the thing i thought mm -hmm. well, pretty pretty cool to talk to owen uh, since we've both worked with this species you currently mm -hmm. work with this species you're trying to breed this species I so they, they're the problem we can is... sort of pick apart you know yeah. what the barkers did I, um, yeah and and we can see how that can be kind of yep. arranged and and you know I, I am constantly looking for that next whale, like white whale to throw spears at. So, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I got to tell you, man, I, uh, they're high I, on the I, list, man. I, I've sort of been, I don't want to, uh, it's not, it's not a burnout feeling, but mm. like sort of like nothing to your point, right? There's mm. no next mountain to climb or whatever. Right. But, uh, going back into researching, uh, spending just pretty much the, like four evenings in a row just researching you know you can research it's... everything and write out a whole plan and then i'll execute it and <laughs> yeah. then you don't have to worry about it yeah we're doing it's a team effort yes. then yes <laughs> this is how we work this is and how then if works. there's a baby i can pick a baby you can pick a baby you can <laughs> pick a baby out of yes. the clutch of timors you can have one yes. one yeah <laughs> yeah you can't have two because then you'll breed them you'll, make any you'll sense. use your own work to yeah uh, come now <laughs> undermine me it won't work that way but um so i figured it would be cool to sort of uh to talk about um the like i said the barker's paper mm. obviously that led me into sort of trying to do some natural history which i just i freaking love love the natural, natural history. history of it. i just yeah. love it man. <laughs> so hopefully the listeners do too there's really not a whole lot of information out there so um, I'm thinking if if it goes over well, I think we're gonna try to do this with every species of python. I I I, I would say before we start that um, I need more teamors, so I mm. don't want you guys to go out and buy them. Go out and buy more Wait, team, like go out and let's get. Let's not call them teamors. I'm sorry. Let's call them lesser Sudan's pythons. Lesser lesser Sudan's python, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need more. Uh, don't y'all run out and go do that because it seems like every time I mention like really cool animals that I really love, they all of a sudden either disappear or the price goes through the roof. So they're not cool animals. I, for one, actually hate them. So, um, <laughs> I don't, yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, like I said, I've had them twice. Uh, yep. I've had two pairs of them. Um, 
you know, uh, obviously with their species, like we say a lot of times, mm. there's certain little quirks with them that um, pretty much you're just going to have to accept if you want to work with the species. Um, and I, it's not the end of the world. Uh, it could be worse, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> there are a little, uh, you know, they're very, um, what would you say, uh, nervous? Would they be, are um, an extremely, they have two sides of the coin. Um, mm-hmm. Either they are going to be coming at you like food mode, everything in front of me is going to get bit, or they are running, screaming from you, flipping their tail all around. And these guys are the worst when it comes to um, musking, um, liquid, like peeing and stuff like that when they want to let go. So it's one of those things, either, um, which is kind of why I take a hands-off approach to mine, because... When you do have to handle them, yes. it is going to get gross very quickly. So, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I kind of paid attention because you have Rob's pair too, right? Yeah, so, I have. I have. Um, right now, I have a reverse trio because unfortunately, I lost one of my females. Okay. So, yes, I do have a reverse trio, but Rob's pair is still part of that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, so I guess whoa, you had two point two. I had two point two. Yep, I okay. had two point two. Up until uh, this past year, my uh, larger female, uh, unfortunately, she died of cancer. So, oh, shit. Yeah, that was it. when when you have a snake that starts eating and then puking, it's like, you know what's going on there. And yeah. then because Melissa can do all the things, yeah. she had a very large tumor in her stomach. So she would eat something. It would get down to a point where it can't go any further. And then she'd throw it up. So, yeah. So, yeah. um damn that sucks i know it sucks <clears throat> and of course i'm like oh go get another female three thousand dollars nope like i don't need that right now I, I haven't even really looked at that are are they oh, available oh. at all or are they there are there there are a bunch available right now it's just oh, they're, really they're three thousand dollars each are they captive born and bred wild caught allegedly uh, um, <laughs> the, the person who's allegedly captive mm. born and bred or captive hatched at least so I don't know. Uh, I didn't really, I wasn't able to, to, I, I, so they came into captivity around the late sixties, early seventies. And some of them were in fact established, but, uh, I will, uh, so, um, I'll talk about the breedings, Mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, came up to where the barkers, the barkers were the third people to breed them in the, well, third reported people to breed them. Um, you know, who knows, (laughs) who knows what, who did what or where, (laughs) right. But, um, so, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I, like I said, I think that they are, uh, they're, they're one of the most beautiful species of pythons, like the iridescence on the back end of the tail where there's no, mm-hmm. you know, no pattern uh, yeah. pattern and mm-hmm. just like, they're very, well, obviously you can really see the retic, uh, it, in it. <laughs> yeah. I, them, I, you know? for one love that their heads are this like, kind of like that greenish color, but they have the black rim around them that kind of goes that uh like i i really totally dig the heads um yeah yeah if i could uh yeah if i could set up a whole room of these things i'd have like six yeah yeah they're they're (laughs) cool snakes i i guess i don't really like look at um i never really had the issue of of you know what they're known for only because i don't really handle all that much (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) It, it only happens when you pick them up don't do that <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> problem solved yeah yeah i mean i i i 
started giving mine giant bins and I just moved the whole bin and, and didn't really have to worry about trying to, they don't need to like me. I really don't, you know, that's the truth with all my animals. You don't need to give a shit about me. Don't hurt each other and, and you know, make others. So that's all I want. Yeah. Um, so let's start at the beginning. I mean, tax yep. taxonomy, mm-hmm. you know, we all know how we feel about taxonomy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it changes kinda, every time. It's, it's kind of one of those place. things. I, um, I like yeah. the idea of Maleo Python because it puts them in with retics. And I think that is the best place to put them. Uh, yeah. So, mm. uh, I I'm going by the Barker's, um, pythons of the world volume three book um and basically that's where they put them so mm-hmm. i, I kind of went along with that i i couldn't really find i i couldn't i had the paper where they moved them to that but i i couldn't seem to track that down so yeah I, and taxonomy like i said is not necessarily my thing taxonomy is <laughs> a living breathing creature yeah it's constantly going all over the place yeah <laughs> so, so so but there is an interesting story about mm. about their whole how they were named and whatnot. So um, they're medium-sized python. They're about six to eight feet, right? <laughs> medium. <laughs> eight foot. Yeah, yeah. it's medium. Like, well, it's, I mean, you know, I guess I mean, if you're yes, comparing it to, to a retic and... Yeah, uh, compared to giants, I I guess I your get high you. end is a retic and your low end is a pygmy. Pygmy right? python, it's you're right. They somewhere are in, the middle. in that medium. <laughs> right. <it>. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's like small medium which is just across <laughs> all the other species large three like i got it yeah yeah <laughs> um so uh so wow we're going back in time right this goes back to 1829 right um they found four pythons on timor island and they were um deposited in the i think it's the Leyden and the paris museums to get a description for them um and they first, and then in 1837, the first name that was put to them was Python Amathenus, um, which later became known as the Scrub Python because I believe <laughs> that they thought that it was some, some variant kind of, of scrub. scrub Python. You know, I mean, think about I, that, right? In well, 1844, like the tech, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, well, yeah, because <laughs> we're sitting can... here in 2022, going, "How did you not know? How did you not know? Look at these things." <laughs> I can yeah. pull up these pictures on my phone. It's like, oh, yeah, well, right. They're going by charcoal drawings or something like that. It's, yeah. Yeah. So then in 1844, there was uh, the three uh, that were sent to the Leiden, uh, the, uh, the Leiden Museum mm. um, was described as Python timorensis. Um, okay. And then the one that was sent to Paris was a single specimen, and that was described as Liasis Macron. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know what's fun is that you do I, this is probably bad that we're doing this now because then I'm going to go to Hamburg and I guarantee you there's going to be like a Papuan python labeled as Australian olive or something like that like it's going to be like yeah. have we learned nothing so yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, there was another one that was described from Lesser Sunda Islands uh, as a ge- like I said they were a geographical variant of uh, scrub pythons um, I think that fits better than a yeah, Timor. That, I mean, the head structure of a Timor versus a, a you know, a Mac. It, it's it. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. But mm. I guess because so the the but we're not well, scientists. Well, so like yeah, it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, 
So then um, they described there was a, in 1879, there was a species that was, it was a new species and it was described as Laesis um, petersi. And uh, they never, that for some reason that never took. And uh, in 1893, it finally became Python timorensis. Um, it was already Python timorensis. It came back. This well, Python they changed it. The, they added the I. Uh, so I might be saying that wrong. Uh, in the very first one, Timor, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's T I M O R E N S I S. That wasn't just because I spelled it wrong. Um, <laughs> which thank you, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, <laughs> which I did spell a lot of things. I mean, wrong uh, in, the, in like, the outline. I'm glad you're honest. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so it, what made it confusing is that uh, they never have been known to inhabit Timor. Um, so then where the hell did the first ones go from? Well, this is what I'm saying. It was very confusing because, yeah, uh, yeah it's, you know, I, again, back in the 1800s, uh, I guess we'll cut them some slack for uh, getting it I cut up. them no slack. <laughs> go to hell. <laughs> this um, is why we have problems. This and people putting names of places on crates. Yeah. Like, this so, is why half our problems are. Yeah. The, uh, they're just that so there is there is a bit of a story to that as well we'll mm. get into that later on to uh where they think that it came from timor because of a port that they exported out of timor amongst the island and you know that labeled as as a locale kind of like the green tree thing right where it's like it yeah. comes out of uh meraki it's <laughs> Morocco. everything's Morocco when it's like no that wasn't found there's no green trees Morocco. Morocco. <laughs> you know but there's an airport exactly. right um okay. so yeah i mean they're just they're they're just an amazing species um uh, they're they're intricately colored and patterned um highly iridescent um you know yeah just just such a cool snake um and they they're covered cool with head. these like light gold splotches and specks and it just like gradually fades as mm -hmm. the as a you know the posterior until it becomes that like that uniform dark chocolate brown color at the end you know i guess it's yeah. to conform with what's coming at the end when you pick them up i, I mean know. yeah it's, you don't know which ends yeah you don't know what's coming or going yeah <laughs> yeah so. um but uh, I did find a little tidbit of information about um, just as far as um, uh, David Barker said that there is. See, if you find forums and old little little things, as you there. go, you, you like, find like this information <laughs> that's just like I don't know. People might not care, but I think it's cool. So there's like three um, uh, phenotypes that he was saying. There's like a clean pattern. There's a pixelated pattern, and then there's patternless, which I believe. We'll get into that as well. Might be a right. sister species that Zach actually photographed, and we have the picture on, of it when he went. It's on Rinka, blah, blah, blah. isn't it? Yes, it's on Rinka. Mm. Yeah. The cool thing that I did find when I started to um, look into where they're from and look at maps and all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. all these little islands that we hear of that these Indonesian pythons inhabit, it's like you start to see just how they're all sort of connected, and it's, it's pretty cool. We should just go but, and find them. Just let's go to Rinka and get the get them. Yeah. Get them. Well, <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna lie, man. It made me start to think. I was like, I wonder if I could. I could go to Borneo. how hard would it be to? Export? I could go to like, Borneo. I, I, with how, Matt. how much money would it be to export? I mean, just, yeah. I mean, come, come on. on, Matt Minatola. I'm shouting out to you, man. Yeah, you let's go, go to Borneo in Indonesia. Let's yeah. make it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I mean, it would be cool to uh, to be able to check off some of those Indo Pythons off. That the, would be uh, cool. Also, we have to make sure we go to the right place in Indonesia. You know, I know Ari had some trouble with where he went. Well, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's make sure we don't die. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So like we said, recently, DNA work uh, showed that they are very closely related to reticulated python clade. Mm -hmm. um, and um, they, I guess, up until the, that point, they were python. And then I think they switched. Didn't they switch to, uh, what was the name? It started with an H. I can't remember. But um, we know them now as Maleo python. So that's yeah. the genus that they're in. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah. and I think that's where, much like how I think white lips should be in by uh, uh, with the uh, ring pythons, I Timor should be with retics. It really yeah. makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to put this little, we're going to talk about this, but for the people watching on uh, YouTube, they can see this little slide of Ooh. the distribution. Look at this. That's, that's high end, man. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> see what I mean? Ooh, see, right, like, right. These... so I we should go to Savu, Komodo. Komodo. We should go to Savu. <laughs> um, uh, let's go to Wetar. Yeah, might as well grab some shit <laughs> while we're there. Some mac yeah, I mean, we could do that. Yeah, we could go mm -hmm, to Bali mm -hmm. and find some retics. Yeah, where's you know Roddy I mean? Island? Yeah, come on. Um, Roddy Island is right next to Flores. See where I'm pointing right Oh, yeah, there. okay. Yeah, it's I got it. Bit, I got it. Yeah, it's right yeah, there. We can go there. For the, it, I mean, that, that's just a... We can stop at Rinka, get these, and then we can go there. I mean, that's all these. We just need a very large boat. It's fine. <laughs> I got yeah, this. I, I don't even it. know how you would uh, how you would go about getting there, but obviously, you can get there somehow. Um, we need one of those airplanes <laughs> that lands on water, and we can do this in one weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like we said, there's uh, there's a lot of species in this area. There's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're going to find scrub pythons and reticulated pythons, maclots pythons and duns pythons and water pythons. And, you know, it's just it's loaded chock full of all those tools and you know, I mean. And and that's another thing. I, I mm. think I heard this before, but um, that uh, Komodo dragons actually originated in Australia and went out. I mean, megalomania is is in Australia, and that's just a Komodo dragon the size of a bus. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah, that's that's I, what it was. <laughs> like right. it was yeah. yeah. So, so uh, you know, I don't think it'd be that much of a leap to say that they broke off and got smaller. So yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> there, the, the Sundu Islands are this link between the Oriental and the Australasian regions and home to, like I said, some of the coolest pythons around. Um, so the uh, most reliable records, museum specimens, specimens come from the Lesa Sunda Island chain to northwest of Timor. Um, and they've reported to be on these other islands like, uh, let's see if I can find it, Salur. Pantar, how do you say that one? Ad Ad Adonara. I love Maybe. it. Yep. Okay, we're going with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <clears throat> like so <laughs> yeah, do you remember when the white lips, like blackface white lips, like there for for a good like year, there was just different island locality ones popping up out of nowhere. It's like, where the hell are my island locality Timors? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah, well, what is it? The Maclots come from Timor? Timor. And then they're also on Rinka? 
their own. No, uh, there's there's Roddy, there's Timor, Roddy, Roddy Island, Island. Roddy yeah. Island. That's it. And then I think they're on Weetar. I think I think Weetar as well because they're constantly mixed up with Duns. So really, okay. Eh, I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. That well, well probably I guess we'll have to do an episode on it. Please. Yeah, they grab what they grab. I mean, they, I think they go grab pythons off Weetar and then like grab shit off Timor and a couple other places. So I'm pretty sure when they do collections, they just do island hopping. Um, so yeah. So as you can see in this picture, um, you Thank know, you, Zach. Zach Baez, uh, he he took a trip uh, over to that spot in uh, Indonesia, and he actually saw one of these patternless. Timor Islands that uh, was on uh, Rinka, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he got a he got a good shot of it. And then I don't know who took this picture, but it's a similar animal. Um, God, like I just, I mean, I know why Zach couldn't pick it up and throw it in his bag, <laughs> but um, I'm also a little upset he didn't. Yeah, so. I mean that's pretty cool. God, that's gorgeous. It's weird picking. looking. I mean. It's don't, like a patternless, I guess. Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I like the pattern. Like, I, I almost, it's cool looking. Would I go out of my way to get it? Eh, I don't know. I just want more of them. So if I could grab a patternless one to add to the group, sure. So, Well, I guess they have to do some some DNA test. So there's not a lot of work that's been done yeah. um, on the pythons and from this area. Um, so... I, one, I think it's probably hard to get to a lot of these spots, you know. Um, and I think the whole Komodo Island is freaking protected. Yeah, I think that might be shut down at yeah. that point, right? Yeah. At this point, right? I, um, I think they don't, I don't think they want you taking reptiles off Komodo because they're worried what you're going to take. <laughs> like it's, yeah, it's one of those things of like, no, 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 no. These are just, I'm just taking pythons. Really? Are you just the pythons? Mm hmm. Yeah. What are these tiny lizards then? I don't know. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it's possible that um, they may be that Timor pythons may be on Timor pythons. See, I'm even doing the same thing. See, um, lesser soon. I'm gonna call him Timorensis. How about just that? Call That'll him make it just uh, it's so much easier. It's already in your brain. Uh, yeah, I know, but I want to say right, I know, you know it's fine. I mean? Yep. Uh, uh, Max Timor Ronnie's uh, allure no weetar according to Python. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's reading along with it as we're talking yeah so there you go <laughs> um so uh it you know like i said it's possible that they may be present on uh, some of the other islands but uh because there's not really a whole lot of reptile surveys that have been done in the region uh makes it difficult to say so there is the type locality that was you know originally of of um timorensis mm-hmm. is in kupang timor and even though it's suspected that they don't occur on Timor. This is what I was saying earlier. In the past, mm-hmm. there has been extensive collecting of pythons in Timor, right? Primarily for the skin trade, um, but also for herpticulture. And retics and mac clots occur, um, and they've been collected from Timor. Um, so the Barkers were talking about how that, you know, they've spoken with people and they haven't come across them. And you would think that if they did that they, they that they would get them so it's yeah. you know like why would they hide them or whatever uh, right because they're valuable and you know um you know I, I, they're just trying to uh feed their families make a buck whatever it would be um so, i would give them that buck <laughs> like it <laughs> yeah, would just... yeah 
but but you know how that goes also it's i yeah. mean we, we 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 kind of experienced that a little bit with um stolen world where it's like they go there and they're like we're looking for bolins and they got everything under the sun until they finally got one and they said no no we want this this is what we want and that's when they started getting the bolin eye because the people in the area maybe they have a different name for the snake or right they don't really know the difference between snakes living in their backyard they just it's right. a snake so right. yeah um so kapang is the largest city on timor and like i said it's the main mm-hmm. port um, okay so, so it's possible that it was collected somewhere and then brought and to brought to, to uh, kapang and then sent yeah, okay. to europe as the type specimen so right um i mean that makes sense to me right it does it does because if it's you know i'd imagine if you were just trying to do like uh if you were way back when when you're doing imports uh trips or collection trips or something like that you go to the main port and see what gets brought to you there so um yeah it makes sense i would recommend at this point right if you're mm-hmm. new to npr um or Python radio and and you want to check out a cool episode about some of the um stories of how some of these indo pythons came into captivity i would suggest that you go find the episode that we did with cameron mm-hmm. um and uh i i, I I know we talked a lot about like, you know, Maclots and Duns and Cebus and stuff yep. like that, but I, I can't remember if he talked about Timors. But I, uh, I don't know, but I know he definitely talked about Cebu, and that was it, it had yeah. to be somewhere on the same thing where it's like, yeah, oh yeah, they all they all have two stories, and they they thought yeah. they were two different snakes yeah. instead of you know one species, and also you know it was one of those well. The boat said it was going to be here on Tuesday, and here it is Friday. Still no boat. Like yeah. it was that kind of stuff. So that was a good episode. Yeah, I, I uh, it's definitely if you're into this type of uh, stuff, it's mm-hmm. definitely one to check out for sure. So, um, so where are they found? What's their habitat like? Uh, they're found in open open forests and grasslands um, in the uh, southeastern islands of Indonesia. Um, so they, I guess if you wanted to get an idea, I guess we would call it probably uh paradise, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, mean <laughs> it's um, one word for it. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So that's kind of like, uh, some of the, uh, that's Flores. Uh, so it's just this, you know, beautiful islands with these, I don't even know. I, it looks like, just, it looks like scrub as well as like, Grasslands, mountains, yeah. grasslands, mountain trees, lots of water. Yeah, lots yeah. of nice rock crevices and stuff too. Sure. Yeah. Damn. Pretty. Well. Yeah. So, um, so the southeastern Indonesia bioregion um, is located in the Austra Asia, Australia, Austral Austral Asia. Asia. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that realm. <laughs> um, there and, and it includes those uh the chain of islands uh lesser sunda islands um and um yeah it's uh they're they're you would find them in like uh you know like deciduous forest um mm-hmm. you have they would probably inhabit uh most habitats on the island um but they seem to be strongly associated with this open country grassland savannas and rolling hills with open woodland that makes um, sense with their pattern i mean kind of a yeah. thing to kind of i imagine they're pretty good at hiding in that kind of scrub brush because it almost looks like they have a camouflage kind of a pattern 
too. Yeah. Like almost like a, I guess that pixelated pattern probably yeah. like breaks up. Breaks in it the, up. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, in the in the if you're the if it's scrub. curled up in the tree or two, or also with the with um light coming through the leaves, I bet you it disappears. So interestingly enough, I'm curious to see what your experience has been with this. They they yeah. don't really have strong prehensile tails, but no. they are quite arboreal in my Holy experience. Holy crap! Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I gave them uh, both of mine or my larger ones. My my younger ones will soon have these gauges when they get a little bit bigger. Right. Um, they have like uh, I think my my mother had a peach tree that fell down in her backyard, so I cut that up. So they literally have like giant limbs that sit and almost like spiderweb down, so they can lay across these trees because that's where they constantly are they like being up high and they like being able to hunt from up high so have you experienced like say the chondro style perching or is it more of like what we saw that darwin carpet or a tree bawa type of thing where it's like multiple coils are on different not perches? really it's no? not really those kind of perches but it's definitely like if you go up to the, the picture that zach had the one below it where it's kind of laid out on the branch um okay. flat almost like that yeah so they'll do that where the clears like they have a clear anchor point, but then the rest of their bodies kind of what was the picture down below, like below that one? That like that's so they're really just kind of wrapped around it. I yeah, gotcha. they, they yeah. have a point where they're holding on, but then the rest of them is just kind of splayed out. They don't really compact themselves like a chondro or anything like that. So what they would do is they would kind of lay across and then they'd maybe dangle a head down behind like underneath the uh, the branch if they were hunting or like they'd go from laying like that to when I open the door, now they're rocketing forward and they're using it as like a pivot point and they'll bite their food and throw a couple coils around it, but they'll still have that back end wrapped around the tree branch. Gotcha. Maybe so. they're, maybe the only thing that pops into my head is maybe they're not, they're perching because they're trying to, get off the ground so they don't get eaten by a Komodo I'm to, dragon. I was about to say, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's all fine and dandy being an eight-foot python, but when right. there's like a 12-foot lizard running around, it's time to get up high, right. you know? So um, I would also say that I imagine them a lot like some of my other heavier-bodied snakes who try to perch, where it's like they need such a large anchored tree limb that their body can't really splay a lot or get so conformed like say a chondro would gotcha yeah so um the the interesting thing about this area is there's mm -hmm. not a lot of movement in temperature um you can look at this uh so for people that are listening um so... i have some charts on the screen that, that, that i took it from weather spark mm -hmm. And basically what we're looking at is lows of 72 and highs of 88. Right? I'll write that down. Yeah, well, <laughs> that actually is what I dropped them to, is 72. And you look at that little dip right there mm. around August. Um, it's the lowest I get. <laughs> it's pretty much it. So I don't know if temperature would be... Uh, A good thing for them. Well, I don't know. I I, mean, I never got it, to the point where I'm breeding them, but um, the Barker, uh, we'll get into that too, what the Barkers mm -hmm. did. But um, I think that they may be, so we'll go on to the next slide. I mean, I like that be, because then my idea would be to keep them at an 88 hotspot and a 74 or 77 low. And then when winter comes, drop them to as low as 
74, let them ride, and then for maybe like a week or two, drop them to 72 and then spike them back up. See, I think that they may be more geared towards precipitation or, uh, you know, food. Uh, yeah, yeah, because um, the Barkers did talk about feeding uh, as part of their um, I also know that the guy, um, the guy who does gourmet rodent has always talked about how with Team Wars, when he gets them ready, he just pounds the females to the point where they almost regurge. Um, yeah. Which makes sense for an island species that only gets food at a certain amount of time. Like, say, when there's a migration or something else is happening, that they'll right. eat to a point where they gorge, and then they might not eat the rest of the year. So... Hmm. Yeah, and see, see, see the, 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 the wheels are turning. The wheels yes, are turning. yes, yeah. Um, so uh, when you look at the average hourly temperature, mm -hmm. um, the hottest part of the day is pretty much from twelve o'clock till six p.m. Um, okay, you know, uh, it's warm in the evening, uh, and it gets comfortable probably overnight into. I think it starts to warm up. It's what does it look like on that chart? Maybe like eight nine o'clock in the morning yeah yeah uh, it'll start to uh to go up um and it seems that it's really only hot from and again this is in in this is going off of data from um i think it was komodo rinka area right okay and the and the thing with this is like i want to throw this out there right because as we know from herping if if, mm -hmm. if anybody's been herping you know, just because the weather data says that it's, you know, um, yeah, what would it, what did it say? What, uh, well, just because yeah, well, yeah, just because the weather that, data says 88, yeah, doesn't, doesn't mean that's mean where that you're gonna find the python, yeah, correct. They may be, uh, trying to get away from that heat during the day or whatever the case would be, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, well, it or they'll come out and spend maybe five whole minutes in that 88 degrees, warm and up, and then the cave it's at 73. And, yeah, right, exactly. Um, now you can see why I think that maybe the idea with them oh. is more of precipitation. Um, so it's dry from April, it goes down, and it's, yeah, all the way to November, yeah, then you get a shit ton of rain January to February, right. So you have more of a chance of that it's going to rain as you go through. So it's um. So I wonder if you did, like we're we're trying to get this to work for for PA world. Right. Um, if you do the cool down and the temp drop, and then when you warm up, you pretty much just mist inside their cages like every day, for like almost a month straight. Yeah. So the this area is a tropical wet and dry climate so the eco region is uh has a tropical wet dry climate type of thing the islands are the driest these islands are the driest in indonesia with an average of 800 to 1350 milliliters millimeters annually so um rainfall is like i said is strongly seasonal as we saw on that that slide um, falling mostly from december to march that's the rainy season right um, the driest months are June through September, um, and it's basically a tropical savanna climate. It tends to either see less overall rainfall than a tropical monsoon climate, or have a more pronounced dry season. So maybe. So when they, would eggs? When do you think breeding would be? Well, maybe that's the thing. I think I it'd be beginning of that, wouldn't it? <clears throat> the only data we have as far as eggs go, it's only in captivity. 
Um, there's not really anything that shows anything in the wild. Um, I mean, from you, what you, I could find, there's no way a female's <clears throat> going to drop eggs. Let's go, let's go by Darwin then. There's no way a female's going to drop eggs right before the dry season. That'd be suicide. Yeah, no, I would think so. That, it has to be the be beginning and middle of the rainy season. I would think that they would start to kick into breeding mode once the rains started, started. Mm -hmm. that would be my thought so i bring them up from winter I, I i bring them up from the spike and then you douse their cages i suppose maybe i mean i, I know people I, have done this with i don't cobras. even i don't even necessarily know if it's the wetness as much as the pressure changes right so right like, which is why you would do it when would you do it? You'd probably do it in freaking. Probably want to do it in April, right? Yeah, I was about to say you probably want to do it in April, and there's a shit ton of storms running through, right? And you know, with climate in which change, case you even everything has changed for us and them, right? And then, know, which so... case, like, what? What do you even bring them down for a winter? Because the spikes are just so low. Do you just keep them at that constant and keep feeding them, and then you know, douse them with the rain, and then give them that seventy-two drop before you start dropping them with the rain? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, this will take most, if not all, of my cunning. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, here's another. Um, I'm yeah. gonna share another picture Making of what one of the islands look like. You know. This yeah. Be, okay. <laughs> um, lots of trees. You know, they could be anywhere. They could be up here by the water. They could yeah. be up top of that mountain. Like it's. Uh, yeah. So. Jesus. Um, then we get, there's not really a whole lot of movement when it comes to, well, I'm going to add this up here so you can look at some more slides mm -hmm. of the monthly rainfall. You can mm -hmm. see, uh, there where it's going on. So basically in January, so what is it? You would say it would start to kick in in September and it slowly goes up to right. from September to about April. And then it starts to go down driest months look like july and august where they have like 0.2 inches of uh of rainfall um mm. humidity not a lot going on there you don't i mean yeah no it, it's I mean, dry it, well, it's dry as hell and then it spikes yeah you can see where it's <laughs> yeah, like a, there. it's 100 percent <laughs> humidity so maybe Jesus. humidity might be a, a cycle as well um, I which, need to get them out of these wood cages, otherwise I'm not here gonna be able in, to do this. Here in Pennsylvania, that's not a problem. But the humidity now, I mean, it's got to be. I think it's like, you know, eighty percent humidity. And 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 the the thing is, right, with this stuff is that we're talking about what happens in their environment, right? So, right. Um, you sort of have to. We, in my opinion, right, to breed these hard to breed species is like to even get you in the ballpark to start the process would be to right. sort of look at how can you how first of all, trying to figure out what is that trigger, right? We've talked about mm -hmm. multiple times mm -hmm. where there's probably five, six, seven, eight, maybe who knows, you know, the cosmic octopus, that whole thing um, triggers that could happen. If you hit four of them, then you're going to have success. Then you're gonna get if you eggs, hit right. two of them, then you're not going to have success, but you right. need, you know, and, and again, I'm just throwing out numbers, not saying that's true or, or, you know, just trying to give an example. Anyway, <clears throat> humidity might be one that cycles. It's definitely not light cycles. You can see there, it's like mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, but the Barkers did do some, some, some light cycling and whatnot. To me, I would think it was trying to figure out like what, you know, with this information, 
-hmm. applying it to your reptile room because it's going to change because the barkers lived in texas so what they did is going to be completely different than what we would do say up here in the northeast as opposed to say what justin or rob would do out in utah or colorado or you know chuck out in california all those all those things could come into uh come into play um to to change um breeding there's a lot of different things that you could like and you're right and also depends on what your animal is looking into in the queue because what might get my animal to breed might not get your animal to breed so right yeah right um okay so now we're going to get into i think this is why people get one off with a lot of indonesian species because you just happen to be yeah maybe you just happen to keep them in a room and there happen to be a shit ton of thunderstorms that one year and they happen to be together at this right time and you know well i would dare say that probably you know besides the barkers Mm. the one person that comes to mind when i think of somebody that's been successful with indonesian pythons is ryan ryan and um the thing that i always take from ryan is just about being consistent with whatever it is that you're doing right and set up a consistency so that the animal settles in and uh you know and then watch yeah and you know what if you're not you know what you might not be paying attention because all your other pythons have already yeah you look jumped, at the, like jumbled up swollen laid eggs and the whatever and then right you've like ah well maybe next year and you've parted them and you fed them and you don't catch her when she swells up like a balloon right so, so um so we're going to get into the paper now what the yeah. the barkers uh sort of did so um i will say the name of this paper is how uh, breeding team wars for dummies <laughs> now it's uh it's called taxonomic history distribution husbandry and captive reproduction um, cool so uh we're gonna talk about how they set them up right so remember they're in texas right Just right keep that in the back of your mind right um so they talked about their approach and how they kept them in captivity um you know uh, when it came to raising up juveniles they didn't say anything stood out to them as strange or weird than any other pythons that they yeah worked i with, mean right? they eat <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah basically yeah um so they were set up individually uh they used aspen bedding as a substrate they had a water okay. bowl hide box i would say the only thing that i would add to that would be perching some type of perching whether it's a 3d printed perch that um i, I think that, that would probably be what i would do yeah, yeah, 100%. For, for babies, 100%. I've never had... Statsig. <laughs> Stop it. Um, <laughs> um, I've never had baby babies. Usually the one... The youngest one I think I had was a two-year-old. Uh, one of the time I got it. Um, so... I, I had baby babies. Yeah, Rob did all the hard part. Like, you and Rob did all the hard shit. <laughs> like, you got, yeah. both of you raised them, and then I got them when they were yeah. two years old. You're welcome. So, it was, <laughs> like, I, I, I did whatever... All, I. The way I do it is I drop it off with one of you guys and then you bring it back to me. Like, no. Yeah. So, um, but I would not treat them any different. I I like the idea of perching. I would also say um, tubes because they, my juvenile pair really loved the cardboard tube. Oh, that's the greatest. Butcher paper came in uh, and they would cram themselves into that. They've gotten bigger now and they prefer their hide boxes over the tubes now because sure. I guess they don't cram themselves in it. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that's the only other difference I would do with that. But 
um, maybe even type uh, some type of humidity hide because they do they kind of fall in the same of retics, white lips, ring pythons, where if the humidity isn't right, if they're not hydrated enough, they're going to shed like crap. So yeah, their skin is soft, soft when they're right? young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, definitely a little bit different than several of the other species that I have. So um, it's retics have the same feel to them mm-hmm. um, in my mm-hmm. experience from what I worked with as far as retics go um but uh yeah it's it's not quite as like um it's not quite as soft as like apodora but it's definitely um i guess it's similar to white lips right a little bit kind of like kind of like it's weird but you can kind of sit there and be like they're kind of like in between a white lip and a scrub yeah yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, what's like, what does a teamor feel like? A teamor. <laughs> like, I guess a, with a scrub, this the scales are more pronounced, right? Yeah, and baby scrubs are so fragile with their skin. Yeah. You kind of almost get that same feeling when it comes to uh, teamors with that kind of stuff. But yeah. um, my guys, when they did shed, they'd only have maybe one or two pieces stuck. Um, they're not like my retic, where it's like now I have to soak you for a day and a half. Um, mm-hmm. And that just goes, I think, to to size. Um, you know, they can curl up in water bins. She can't. So, ah, yeah. Gotcha. So um, the, the, the Barkers did um, initiate a light cycle. Um, and mm. interestingly, um, uh, I w- whether this matters or not, they used the summer solace um, to sort of start a 15 hours light mm-hmm. and a nine hours dark. 15 hour light? Yeah. Huh. Um, and then... In the winter, well, what of the moon cycles? <laughs> well, I didn't get into the moon. God cycles. damn it! Although, yeah, we'll never know. Although when I was looking at weather spark, I was like, uh, I saw the moon cycle. I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna put. No, this we in don't there. need that. No, no, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not no. gonna do this. I gotta, I gotta slowly edge Joe into can't, this can't type bring of into show. This that hard, yeah. <laughs> um, and then in the winter, they changed it to nine and fifteen, so they reversed it. Hmm. Reversed it. So fifteen hours of dark. No, yeah, well, 15 uh, hours yeah, of dark, yes, during might, the winter, yeah. yes. And you think about it, right? It gets I dark mean, at yeah. 5 o'clock, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much... I usually just do 12 and 12, and that's just kind of... <sighs> I guess you could do 12 and 12, because as you see, that's sort of what they're experiencing in the wild. I don't know what the... Bar- well, I mean, maybe, it's also... Maybe the Barkers had other species of python. Well, obviously, they had other species of python, but maybe they had more, you know, pythons that were more sensitive to to that. So that, or maybe that's just what they did and they just stuck with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if it, if it works, who cares? Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I was quite surprised that their temperatures that they use, though. Go ahead. So, um, their daytime temps. Okay. Now, remember, um, this is this back is in the 90s, yeah, 90s, right? Okay. So it's not, they bred them in 95. So this is somewhere okay. between, I think they got theirs in 90, but I have that in notes later on. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so the summertime highs were 87 to 93. Okay. 31 to 34 Celsius, 87 to 93 Fahrenheit. What was the Who, highs? Was the highs. And I don't know, this is something that I guess maybe I could have messaged Dave or Tracy on and asked them, but um, I don't know. I know that they were fans of the set, set temperature, 
um, regime, you know, like they would, mm. they sort of did like, um, uh, what do you call it? They did, uh, the 80 degree, uh, 82 degree type of thing, right. you know, just yeah, like the, the ambient heat type of thing. Right. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> because that was, I, I, I know I talked about this a few times with a couple of people who were telling me that, um, certain keepers do keep team wars at room temp. And after seeing their temperature kind of almost flatline with a little bit of dips in and out for um, 72 to 74 lows and stuff like that, I, I could see how you could get away with keeping them at room temperature. Um, but yeah. So, uh, well, I guess at this, th actually, I'm going to take this back as I'm okay. looking at my uh, thing. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the wintertime lows real quick. Okay. So wintertime, it got down to 78 to 84. Right, that's sort of Man, the swing that they were doing. Yeah, that's in that swing that we talked about. Yeah, which is kind of like what we would keep, what I keep pythons at normally. <laughs> those, <laughs> you know what I mean? those are the so, carpet summer temps. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's normal. <laughs> um, so I don't know if these temps are what I would go with necessarily with uh, with the species, but uh, this is what they did. So this is what they did, um, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. So twenty percent of the cage floor was heated two to four degrees hotter um than the cave celsius itself. yeah okay. so um they're looking at like a 95 hot spot all right um it wasn't really intense. yeah there wasn't really a whole lot of so so a couple things come to mind one back in the 90s remember that was the typical way you kept a python right 90 degree yeah, hot 90 spot degree, yeah 85 yeah. degree yeah that's sort 85 of the way degree cool spot Right? I mean, how many and times nowhere, were you told? No, no escape. All right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, this is what it's going to be. Um, so basically, they turned the heat off at night um, during the hottest times of the year when temps would exceed 93. I guess they had it set up that it would turn off automatically. So, um, okay. and they also turned the heat off at the coldest part of the year, uh, which is basically the first week of January to mid-February, they said. Hmm. Um, so that's sort of their temp regime that they would use. So Ned, you, when, when you have something that's so, when you have temperatures that are so much different than say other people would keep them at initially, do you think it's more along the lines of that the barkers set them up like this and kept them like this and then consistently kept them like this and then got them to breed? Is it one of those like consistency I think so. is important to this? Yeah, I think so. I think that possibly if the Barkers were to breed them today, I think they would probably use a little bit lower temperatures. I think so too. I or just maybe think a hot spot right. and a lower ambient temperature. Right. And also goes down to like how many did they have? Uh, there. Uh, what did they have? Um, but, da, 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 forget they had, I think... Two, four, five, six, three point five. Three point five, and 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 how many did they get to breed? Uh, three females. Okay, that's way better <laughs> than I was expecting. I mean, that's yeah. awesome. Um, but you almost think of it's more along the lines of like they got they got used to it, they got into it. That was their prep thing, and maybe it maybe they got luckier with one. And then it took a while for one of the other ones to catch up. So it's a lot of that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you've experienced this. Um, I experienced everything. And, you know, the ones that I had, I kind of grew up. So, um, mm. you know, it 
they weren't really in anything other than like a rack type of mm-hmm. thing for me. Right. And I kept them just like I kept my carpets, 85 hotspot, 78 to 80 ambient type of deal. That's right. that's sort of what they were doing. And then they did fine. I had no problems shedding, no problems with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was good. Um, they ate every, you know, with no it's issues. Fine. Yeah. All good. Um, so I don't know if this is just the, so me personally, if I was, if I was doing this, I would probably, um, not go with the, that temps, those temps so high, I, but I would not, I would pay attention to the snake, right? If, if the yes. snake is constantly on the hot spot, something wrong, then maybe I would bump it up a bit, right? right? If it's constantly trying to get away from the hot spot, I would probably back it off, back it off. Right. right. Exactly. Um, the one thing that the Barkers did talk about is how active they were. Yes. So they had a huge cage, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, maybe that had to do with the, the temperatures. So maybe like the spots that they were checking were that temperature and there was spots in the cage that were cooler to where they mm-hmm. could get to, you know, who knows, you know, but um, that is one thing that they did talk about um, quite in depth about how active they were. And I didn't get to experience that per se because mine were young and they were in tubs, so I didn't necessarily see that. I don't know they, if you see that from your adults. Do you? Yes, do you, yeah. they are. It, it's one of those they track the sun, so okay. the sun comes in a certain way, uh, and they used to go out on their branches and just kind of chill right out where the sun was coming in, and then they'd bask and then they'd be up high. They'd be in it. They were always in a different spot, especially when I opened up the bridge and gave them the full twelve foot cage. Um, cause at one point, like, you know, I talked about this before one night, they're both together, curled up under the heat the next day, he's on the cool side of his cage, which means he went through the bridge. Um, the next day they've swapped cages, then they're curled up again together, but they're in his cage. It's so they're always all over the place, especially at nighttime. And especially when the sun is hitting certain parts of their cage. Um, it's oh, wow. cool. So right you have now, the actual sun that comes in at, at certain spots in at, at certain spots, and they'll come and check it out. Like, yeah. where are they in the bar area? They're in they they're in the 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 male that I had the larger male the larger pair was out in the bar area. Their cage is now full of black faced white lips. Um, the male, <laughs> okay, fair enough. The male has been regulated to an, another six foot cage um, off to the side. He's above my gold faced white lips for now. Okay. Um, the sun comes in through that door. And hits his cage and he'll definitely like today um, I was out down there doing stuff and the sun was coming in uh-huh. as it was setting and right. he was poking out of his hide, just kind of laying a little bit where the sun was coming in. Gotcha. Um, so he still uses that whole six foot cage. I'm waiting a little bit longer and then we're going to have to have some weird come to Jesus moment of what we're going to do with three adult team horse and cage space. So okay (laughs) this may be this may be the moment that we have to come to grips with the do we keep the kribo when timor pythons need kribo cages so bye 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 kribo (laughs) (laughs) bye bye this is why this is why i'm still a python guy as much as people because it's like listen call your bread i will look out i will i will punch you know, like uh, you know, when when you have one of those discount cards or yeah, whatever, and they punch, punch a hole a card, in it yeah. when you want it. I've just punched your Python card, my God friend. Goddamn right, You're yeah. Good. It's 
you know, it, hopefully we're not in this house by then. And I can just be like, well, looks like I need a bigger snake room. Mm. Darn it. Like, it, yeah, no. But um, I say I see your plan. I see yeah, your devilish plan. Good, you, well, you have all these snakes and you're like, well, I either get dude, rid she, of them or I have no, to. She is no fucking help. None. <laughs> because you know what she said to me last night? She's like, why don't you have diamond pythons? I'm like, well, Eric, when did you get here? Like, it's. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, why don't you have diamond pythons? Because you haven't bred them yet. No, okay. that's that's Very the answer good. I gave I forgot. her. I'm like, because I'm waiting for Eric. How about that? So yeah, I think between it. the two of us, we pretty much have every python covered, right? Almost yeah, kind of. I mean, I got stuff here that I'm not like that I sell at the pair, but yeah, it's here. Yes. So well, we're working on it. We're working. No, on and that's it. all right. I I'm chomping at the bit because Brett got those Angolans, and I'm like, I see a boy. <laughs> yeah so. I, I was thinking about that the other day when i was reading the angolan thing i was like oh man now i'm gonna have to get some back from owen when he produces <laughs> them because they're such cool snakes <laughs> like damn it god damn it, you damn and your it. plan of australia yep, that was my plan all along. Ah. i gotta get these snakes over here so that you can be like you know what i think i need a pair of those yes yes you do i think oh. i need a diamond python though mm -hmm. so yeah it's perfect always goes yep uh anyway so we're going to talk about feeding, right? So, right. um, this monsters. is, this is what the Barkers <laughs> did. Uh, they, uh, for the juveniles, they fed live six to eight week old mice. They moved them on to dead mice within a few months. And they sort of did what I used to do with scrub pythons quite a lot, especially mm. how my hair is, is I just leave the prey in the cage and they would come and get it. Um, really? Yep, that's sort of what I did with my babies too. But Mine... uh, I think as adults, that sort of changes. Mind you, are wait, are your yours or what? Wild caught, captive, born and bred. My uh, all of mine are wild caught. All wild yeah. caught. Okay. All, uh, it, the ones from Rob came in super young. Yeah. So could they have been farm bred? Probably. Right. Um. So. I know Rob has had them for the longest time with that, yes. or he got them super young. Um, my male or my adult pair, uh, they were wild caught from Joe. Okay. Yeah. And I got, cause it, mm -hmm. yeah. Cause I, I mean, I had a bunch at one point. I can't remember. Yeah. Who. I got gotcha. came from here. I think they all at one point had come from Joe, but from I got them through various people. You, I got gotcha. Yeah, it was. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so in the wild, they're reported to eat uh, mammals and birds. It's kind of like, okay. and they're reported to eat those as well in captivity. Because yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I think when the Barkers got them to about three years old, they moved them to small, fresh killed rats. Again, they laid it in the cage. Um, I'm curious to see because you're saying yours were so uh, voracious. You know, voracious. Um, they were reluctant to feed on rats, and um, they said something about uh, it was um, in '94. They stumbled upon the fact that all of their Timorensis fed readily on hamsters. They hmm. only fed on a certain number of rats, and then they would stop feeding. So. The, the the issue that they were having is, and this is why I was saying earlier in the show that we would get into about what they did as far as food, um, is that they were having trouble with getting the female to size to breed. But when they started to introduce the hamsters, they could get them to eat more. And with that extra food, 
they were able to breed them in the winter of 94 because they had more body weight than the year that they did before. That's so weird. Have you experienced um, anything like that? No, mine will eat anything. I can put a shoe okay. in there and they'd probably eat it. Um, my male will hit my males on extra large rats. My, my, my large boy. Um, and then my two younger ones are on medium rats. And uh, I actually opened my younger males bin because he's in a tub because i know that rob had tried moving them over to cages when they were with mm -hmm. him yeah. and they had stopped eating right so i'm trying to get them like as big as humanly possible before i move them into cages mm -hmm. um i went to open my boy's bin and he nailed my hand right around here and he hit it so hard i bruised <laughs> i bruised oh really entire oh, hand. i'm like you dick wow. <laughs> and then after he bit me and let go he still took the rat and i'm like i don't all right fine like, oh wow was, yeah they are yeah they're on point um yeah look at that beauty god damn it i'm sitting there like oh my god it's amazing like i can't go downstairs and look at three of them like it's yeah <sighs> such yeah. cool snakes man they such are cool they really really are and that's the problem is i want to sit here and i'm like well i could to ryan he'd probably send me a girl or you know let me buy a girl and i also need a ring python from ryan and you know i also couldn't could grab another white i know we can't talk to ryan <laughs> <laughs> we can't call ryan ryan's dangerous so um yeah yeah God. i did on a, just on a side note yep. the black outline of their heads i love it that's my is, favorite part it's so cool man yep. oh my gosh if you just look up you know uh, you'll probably have to look up Timor Python, but if you look up Lesser Sundas Python, you'll probably find them as well. But um, uh, I did. Um, but just that that head, man, is just oh, it's intense. It's it, intense. I I love it. I, I like I said, if I could set up a room, I'd have sixteen of them. So yeah, yep. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean that was sort of what they said as far as feeding goes, and then uh, I guess we'll get into the breeding part of it and what yeah. they did. Uh, so. Um, so some of the history of them being bred in captivity, the first recorded breeding of the species was in 1975 at the Dallas Zoo. Um, they laid the clutch in June and the hatchlings pipped in September. Um, interestingly, the Blue Bible um, had the incubation was 83 days at an incubation temperature of uh, 84 degrees which Jesus now we know to be a little too low. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I think we overthink that whole egg situation because when I was reading this, yeah. I'm thinking like, well, Owen didn't plug his incubator in and, and he hatched carpet pine oh, yeah. <laughs> and they put that at 84 degrees and they still hatched. It just took longer. So, I mean, they were, those, those eggs were fluctuating between 82 and whatever the fuck the room was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and they still hatched. It just took a very long time. Right. Um, so the second reported breeding was by Don Hamper, um, who cool. is a reptile breeder, uh, mm -hmm. probably well known. Um, and he had where they laid late in April and they pipped in July. So this is why I'm saying, I think I'm just saying if I was breeding April. them, yeah. this is when I would April. breed them because I think those storms and those pressure fronts that come in and mm -hmm. all that, I think gets them going, man. I, that would be my approach but i want to say that um i want to say that's kind of when ryan got his right isn't that was that in april or 
I think so. Close to, yeah. Um, so he incubated them <laughs> at 90 mm-hmm. degrees, um, which Christ. I would say is too hot. Uh, but uh, he did that for 64 days and they hatched. Um, and reportedly, his pair that he had was 15 years old, which is kind of crazy. Jesus. And then came the Barkers, who did it in 95. Um, so this is sort of the story of what they had. So they already had two males mm-hmm. um, that they picked up from a reptile dealer. I th- um, who knows? One, one of the Lizard King people or... Somebody, you know, yeah, I'm I sure mean, who, it's, of, it's, well, they, sure. he mentions it to Timor in the book because they're like, ah... There's a scrub python here. It gets a teamwork dickhead. Like, okay, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's that. So they acquired uh, 3.5 juveniles in 1990. Uh, they were only a few months old. And um, I think that, you know, I mean, this is kind of common knowledge, but if you're going to be working with wild-caught pythons, or probably wild-caught snakes in just in, in general. general. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, colubrids can be, they're sort of out of my wheelhouse, so I don't really know if they follow the same thing. But mm-hmm. um, you got to get them as young as possible. You do. <laughs> you know what I you mean? Do. Like, you really you do. do. Uh, yep. It's really difficult to establish wild-caught adult adults pythons. Um, it's... I, it's I tried very with the IJs hard. and I couldn't do it, man. I failed terribly. I, I love it because you and I both recognize it's very hard, and you have a better chance of seeing, like you know, it, you have a better chance of seeing Bigfoot than you do of actually getting an animal to breed that way. Yeah, the mother yeah. of my white lips is a wild caught adult, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't understand. You shouldn't be like it's yeah. Well, this is why I always try to pick your brain about like if you're changing I, things up, and then like I think from what I get from you is just hmm. like, you know, I, I think the whole reptile thing is all about patience. It right? is. It's just it really patience is. on yes. so many levels, right? It's it's patience for that animal that you want that's to become available. Mm-hmm. It's patience for it to get it to eat. It's patience for it to get it to acclimate to what you're doing. It's patience for it to breed. It's patience for the eggs to come. I mean, just on every, it's patience with the people you're selling the snakes to. It's patience it's not a, to strangle the baby because it won't patience. eat. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, come on. It's just on every level. It's just about yeah, patience. So Ryan got his eggs April 12th. Well, there you go. Shit. All right. That's it, then. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> All right. Has to do it. Um. So back on track, the Barkers, yep. uh, they already had those two males, blah, 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 blah. Um, one of those males did die in 93. So they, they had the females were divided into three categories, right? They had these two larger females, mm-hmm. the bigger females, and they had two intermediate females. And then they had one female that was noticeably smaller. Um, like I said earlier, they noticed that they noted that they were extremely active snakes. They would crawl around for hours around their cage, and that's why they kept them in these large, um, uh, large cages for sure. Um, they said that they had difficulty putting, like I said, weight on them, mm-hmm. um, so that they were trying to breed. They could have bred them, I think, the year before, but, but because they, just, they couldn't get them to yeah. eat the eat the food, um, the rats or whatever, um, they they you know. Again, which 
I mean, these are all tricks and of the trade that I guess at the time they were just sort of throwing <laughs> jello at the wall. Sometimes, see dude, what sometimes sticks, you, you know gotta throw I mean? jello at the wall and see yeah. what sticks, and then you have a good jumping off point. I mean, I don't think there's any hamsters in Indonesia. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't believe there are, but who knows? There could be something. Where, where that do hamsters come like, from? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> like okay. it's, All right, we'll move on. It's um, like, have you ever watched a documentary on wild guinea pigs? Like, it can't be. <laughs> can't yeah. be that interesting <laughs> like <No>. it's <laughs> um so anyway they 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 tried a different food source obviously it took off for whatever reason um and uh you know they were able to uh to get them to <laughs> petco <laughs> yeah right there you on. go, Ham- there you yep, go they Alex. come from petco they <laughs> right. made it they're native to petco uh-huh. yep you know they appeared to be so again noting because of the uh, just the amount of uh uh, cruising that they did constantly um they appeared to be healthy but i guess they were burning all these calories as they were cruising maybe, the cage yeah maybe the team was realized that hamsters are just horrible creatures i mean they are the worst they're just trying to the, kill them they are them horrible yeah. creatures they they eat their own young for no goddamn reason yeah. so yeah um they said that most specimens that they dealt with um they were very alert and nervous animals which is you know yeah true. tracks <laughs> yep um i don't know why they're so nervous i guess but i also don't know why like that that's just something you have to deal with like i remembered when i got the timors for the first time that there was somebody asking on facebook of how to tame down a timor python and i said i just do no contact yeah and somebody said well i hold them until they give in and then i'm like why would you do such a thing yeah (laughs) like sometimes you just need to understand that it's going to be a nervous python and if you don't want a nervous python, then you need to go get a horribly inbred Burmese python. Right. Like, and then you can do whatever you want with it. Like maybe Timors aren't what it's for you. So again, this is sort of when I, you know, I've said, said multiple times, just some species suck. Right. You know, and and this is like one of those things, but that's one of, this is like willing against them. (laughs) Right. If you're willing to deal with this, then, you know, cool. Yeah. Cool. You can have a Timor Python, right? It will run away from you. It'll piss on you and it'll musk on you and it'll bite you. So it seems that that for the most part, um, Mm. from what was observed that they seem to like to flee rather than bite. I never really got bit by them. I don't think that they were like, you know, I've the Python that I got bit by the most is a ball Python. Python, Right. Exactly. Yeah. I know. 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 Um, The only time I've ever been bit, it was food bites. That was, they either, Right. Either I was wow. doing, yeah, my hand was in the wrong place, or they were coming for the food. And is that the black that. and blue one? Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. Um, food so, bites will do that. Yeah. So I would say those are that. Most of the other times when it came to them, they would much rather run. But the second you touch them, they start leaking out of their back end. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Experience the same thing. Yep. Yep. Um. So uh, which. I'm kind of with, you know, I know Rob says this too, the, the shwees, I, I don't know. It just, I, I don't care. I'd rather have the shwees than the, the bite, you know what and I mean? the bleeding. Yeah, I'll I mean. Take, I'll take the shwees any day. It depends it on the me. snake. It depends on the species. Like, well, those colubrid shwees. Exactly. Just like, you know, listen. <laughs> but python shwees is not that bad in my experience. <laughs> Melissa had to help me with the, um, my Chinese king rat pushed its door clean and the tracks fell off and it escaped um and we found her mm-hmm. just like well she just broke the glass and then stayed in her cage which was awesome <laughs> um so i had to remove her uh, of course there's glass all over the floor and melissa's helping me right before she goes to work and of course the chinese king rat being a chinese king rat 
just mushed all down Melissa's arm. So yeah. Ooh. Squeezed right before she went to work. Ooh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Got well, may have gotten in trouble. But anyway. <laughs> You're on the shit list. I am. All right. So now we're gonna get into the uh the meat and potatoes of the breeding, right? So yes. they fed heavily into the fall. Right? Got it. So feeding heavily. Feed um, heavy but they the stop yep. the third week of November. Um November. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, then they put the largest males and females together in December, mm-hmm. and they were left together until the last week of February. So they didn't take them apart; they just let them be together. Okay. Probably the doctor, Doctor Drew Landers, approach just sort of like you know, put mm-hmm. them in there, let them do their thing, take them out when you got eggs <laughs> or when, they, when, when the when female is laying inverted you're yes, good yeah. yes pull the pull the male um but uh yeah so and they only this is interesting mm-hmm. again because of such again wild caught stuff all this stuff mm-hmm. cages were only open twice a week to observe the males and change the water that makes they didn't sense. want to disturb them they also didn't see any copulation so they well, didn't I mean, get to really look at that, but they sort of left them alone. But some secretive animals that are only active at night, you know, you're not going to watch the snake all the way to 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, you know, so how I would many eggs have you wonder, gotten from no copulations? Yeah, I would almost wonder if they would, if, you know, I think of um, David Means when he used to have those, uh, the new it, like the pegboard on oh, front yeah. of the uh, cages, yeah, to sort of give them some privacy. Yeah, or I think of uh, Chris down in Florida, um, yeah. Mystic Reptiles, when yeah. he would do half of his cage like that, so that they could get behind that, and yeah, you could and see hide. them. And then the other half was sort of open. Um, I don't know, hmm. just some ideas. If you, oh, dude, there's uh, some those old Neodisha cages. They didn't even have some of them. Didn't even have glass. They were just vented holes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's what they did. Um, and then uh, th- at the end of February, um, the four large females had four of the females had large follicles. Um, the two f- largest females ovulated March 1st and March 5th. Um, they said that they had mid body swelling that lasted about 12 hours. Um, mm. The smaller female, the ovulation wasn't uh, observed, and one she reabsorbed her follicles. How um, big was their smallest female? Does it say? It didn't say. It didn't Damn. say. They Damn. didn't uh, put any kind of weight on it or Damn. anything like that. I got to figure out how <clears> I'm <throat> two years away or one year away. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more about the time, right? Five years yeah, is sort of yeah, when they did yeah. it. So they got them in 90 and they bred them in 95. So you're looking at like five years of captivity. But I also think up. that people get pythons too big. You know, that's oh, yeah, a constant 100%. Thing. Yeah. You know, just because just because Timor pythons can get eight feet long does not mean every single fucking Timor python needs to be eight feet long. Right. So the one, the small female, she didn't ovulate mm. and she laid infertile eggs in April 15th. Um, food was offered the first week of March. All males ate, smaller females ate, but the other females did not eat. Probably because they were. Yeah, I mean, that's a good sign. On the track, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, at March, they would be, they would be grabbing, grabbing at that point, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, all right. 
then that's pretty much it. That's what they did. That's how they bred them. You know, okay. seems kind of simple, straightforward or whatever. But well, uh, I mean, there's probably was... more that's going underneath. Uh, well, simple, straightforward. But under if the you scales. run that through them, like every, if that's what you do for them every year, and this, that's the problem is you got to set that up. Yeah. And let's say I'm two years away. I kind of want to get my team wars into cages so I can start cycling them through this, even when they get so when they get bigger and get out to the bigger cages nothing changes it just is a larger cage same temp same everything yeah yeah hmm. yeah exactly interesting so incubation wise um they used slightly damp vermiculite um temperatures were 31 to 32 celsius 87 to 89 fahrenheit Perfect. typical python okay. stuff yeah. mm -hmm. um time was 60 days came out well formed um, they shed within two weeks after hatching. Feeding trials began four weeks after shedding. Um, they offered frozen thawed three to four month, three to four week old mice, placed them in cages in the late afternoon to early evening, and they all fed. Cool. So, um, let's see some stats as far as the breeding. So we're looking at 22 to 25 days from ovulation to prelay shed. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking at 27 days from prelay to egg laying. And 60 days for the incubation time. Um, it seems that they have about four to eight eggs per clutch. And the, the, the babies are big, 65 to 80 grams. Big babies. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. I think I've been spoiled on pi on carpet python babies. Yeah, no, like twenty grams, like, dude. Like I'm I'm hatching freaking these these pine snake babies, and I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> this thing is fucking huge. It's the yeah. size of my yearling carpets. I know. Oh my god! All oh, right, yeah, different species. Like yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's just. I'm gonna have a like carp. The carpets are the smallest shits I'm hatching this year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, like corn snakes. Yeah. All right, so. you're going to talk about your uh, your Timors for a minute. I cool. have to uh, step away first. Cool. I mean, I, I am going to try with mine to do that. I definitely think they're more of an active species. Um, I don't know if I'm going to want to run through two males to one female. Uh, I do have that option. Um, but I think I'd much rather just kind of pick a boy and try to see if I can get that male to breed with her um i might try to swap out the males but i definitely don't want to do a breeding ball where it's like two males in one cage um i noticed they didn't say anything about combat or anything with the team more so i'm not sure if that's an option as well uh i would definitely try to push that up there as far as um food cycling and then humidity cycling um i know chris used to do a monsoon thing with his uh monocle cobras so that does kind of make sense to me that they would kind of have that same kind of thing there. Um, as far as the rest of it goes, I don't really do too much as differently as far as keeping wise for them as far as uh, temperatures or anything like that. It's not really even that drastic. The younger ones are in the same kind of rack system that I have. Um, my carpets are in there. And then also my gold face white lip male is in there so it's not really like there's anything too crazy in that so um i don't think i would go too far as with that and they don't seem to be too um they seem to do fine in the bin as well too so what is babies yeah youngsters i mean my guys are sub-adults and they do well in 41 quarts 
Yeah, I mean, I guess this would be one of those things, right, where, um, mm. again, where in Herpta culture today, you have, you know, the anti-rack people, you have the rack people, you know. I, I, I think the this is one of those situations where mm. somebody, you know, when Rob had them mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he tried to move them up to a cage and they didn't take to a cage, so he moved them back to sort of get them uh, to keep them going. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you're dealing with wild caught stuff, I think that um, you sort of have to set them up in a way to where they do have some of those, for lack of a better word, creature comforts of what they're used to. But I also think you need to set it up in a way so that you can efficiently and effectively, you know, maintenance the cage and them without creating undue stress. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those things where, it, with wild caught animals, you might take a step forward and then have to take three backwards yeah. just because that's just the way the animal's going to go. You cannot effectively move them into something and then have them shut down completely because then it's not good for the animal. You have to step backwards. Um, and that dude, sometimes those things can change just by moving to a different cage altogether or moving to a different place or changing right. owners. It's like, we always talk about consistency and this, that, and the other thing. It's like, I got my white lip female that bred for me two years before she actually bred for me, but uh-huh. she was an adult female when I got her. So it was putting her through those things and not changing anything right. is what gets you there. So, you know, the younger team wars that I have, I want to get them into cages and get them through what temperatures I would set them up at because it's not really the male that I'm pushing for mm-hmm. because I think boys, you know, we, <laughs> there's a reason that the, the, the weird hard to breed species males end up breeding with something else because it's <laughs> yeah. never them. That's the issue. Right. Like it's always the female. Um, yes. so you got to get her to ovulate. I got to right? get her to ovulate. So I think the money is getting on the, getting the female comfortable, getting her to go. And yeah. that's why I think it's good to have a, like a multiple, multiple animal thing. So it's good having two boys. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're mm-hmm. gonna do anything with, you know, if you're gonna try to establish a, a group of any kind of reptile right. in captivity from wild caught, the bigger the group, the better you are because yep. you don't know what kind of you know problems I, you're I, gonna run into. I'm sitting here, or, I'm sitting here I'm like I can't keep all nine white lip eggs. I can't <laughs> keep all nine white lip eggs. I don't need all nine white lip eggs. Could I keep all nine? He's like, no, that's not it's two, two, three, three, two, three, two, three. Like it's that's a tough one, man. It is, you gotta, man. You got to do a Nick button, you got to send them somewhere to sort well, of have you them think other, about it. I have other the adult, stuff, right? Exactly. So, I happens. have the adult female, yeah. I have the adult male, I have a sub adult male. So, the ideally, what I would like to do two females that makes sense, right? But then it's like, well, do I let go a captive born and bred male F2? What's wrong with me? It's like, well, do I need it? And it's like, no, so yeah, so. Send the mail here. Okay. And they'll be here. Okay. So when you run into problems, you can say, Eric, send being me the mail lip, back. Being a white lip at Eric's. I am your white lip. Uh, don't worry. I'm your white lip connoisseur. I will be there shortly with your white lip uh, in tow. I mean, that's uh, that's what it goes down uh, to, man. It's like. Yeah. How do you decide what you keep how back, do you? what you don't? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
I told you, I God don't know. forbid, God forbid something comes out of those eggs. That's like, I guess weird. the colubrid's got to go, man. <laughs> got, they, that's, you're right. Got to get rid of the colubrid. Got it. It's done. Has, they have to leave. Yeah. I mean, corn snakes. Come on, bro. <laughs> come listen, on. listen, those fuckers. You're hatched. white lips. Come I know. On. I mean, dude, I, dude, I took those black rat snake babies. They hatched. I put them in a bin. <laughs> and they and they left and six hundred dollars came in like it was yeah yeah. but you're in the big leagues now man you you get six hundred dollars just for one move in and out the only thing i'm not going to do is green tree pythons well i guess what i'm saying though is like if you're if you have like you're you're sort of doing those rat snakes to supplement food for the white some lips. of them, some <laughs> of them yes <laughs> right some of them you are correct right there's so a reason there's you're a reason wholesaling them snakes, right the you're kings right the black rat snakes but now you I got correct. big player money man like you well, sell yeah, one no, white listen, lip got, that's gonna like, take care of all those clutches of- so well the, the, the problem is is that i have to pair up and constantly bringing more animals so yeah you gotta so the 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 collier bridge pay for the pythons the pythons pay for more pythons it's like yeah good lord what kind of racket you got going on I, it's there? my own racket <laughs> i'm my own best customer you That's know the i'm way sitting be, here man. i'm sitting here and i'm trying to convince a, a friend of ours who got some maclots pythons that he needs some chinese king rats so because oh, okay. i need some more maclots pythons. Oh, fair <laughs> so, enough yeah Maybe we'll yeah. do them next. <laughs> Chinese king rats or mac? No. Oh no, 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 no. You're right. We don't do colubrid we, stuff on this. We channel. have a podcast on the network that takes <laughs> care of the colubrids that can do way better than anything I can do. So <laughs> you're like, it's a snake. Anyway, next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back okay. Colubrid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think I said this already, but the Barker's comment over and over again about the experience with wild caught adult pythons, adult pythons, right? Yeah. So they're slow to start. And yep. they said, regardless of the taxon, um, even even when particular individuals appear to be thriving, it takes a minimum of three to five years to get yeah. most wild caught adult pythons to breed in captivity. Yeah. Yeah, so, and you know what? A lot of shit can happen in three to five years. Yeah, and I think the thing that you have to sort of uh, take into account when it comes to that is that, um, you know, we started to see it in the early twenty, like the twenty tens era mm-hmm. when scrub pythons were sort of starting to become on their own, become more popular, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That um, you would have these groups of people including myself where you would have these snakes i think you did this as well owen and then like, i did have some i i, I got you would move them on slugs. yeah right so that so Timor, that got, you would uh, have them tanabar. Tanabar. and then you'd move them on because yep. you know for whatever reason space this that mm-hmm. didn't turn out quite like the way you thought they would be that kind of thing but right um, you move them on so when you move them on you're resetting that clock right it's another five years yeah right which is, I think, why a lot of people. I think this is why you're starting to see more and more people breed some of those rare Indonesian things uh, species because it. they're sticking with it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people today in the scrub world that sort of, you know, are working with some of the, let's say, offspring from the early 2000s and 2010s and stuff. There are a lot more captive-born and bred animals out there. Yeah than there used to be and that just comes from people having success and sticking with it and 
being unwilling to, you know, being lucky enough to not have to move stuff. Because even then, even if you don't move the animal to a new owner, say you have to move because of your job. Well, congratulations. You just reset the clock on all your buttons. Like, but sometimes you can't do anything about it. But then, you know, that's, that's sort of, and then, you know, I don't know. Well, there's not wild caught, but like, I think that the more generations you have that are captive bred, I mean, I think about, I think, I, I don't think, there would be any reason why other species of python will be any different than what we've seen with i mean look at so look at look at carpet pythons now it seemed mm-hmm. to be a lot the more generations were right um mm-hmm. look at retics man when retics came in wild caught in the 80s and 90s they were straight up evil man evil. like when i evil. i remember when i first i remember when i was first getting back into to, to pythons i went and bought i bought an african rock and i bought a retic and when i bought the retic my dad was more nervous about me having a retic and than the african rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm like hmm this doesn't make any sense and yeah because he's like i'm telling you the retics that he had he had some retics we're, we're evil yeah we're straight up wanted to kill you and eat you. Um, well, you know when you're now grabbed off the jungle floor, and like yeah, it's... but I, but my I guess my point is, look at them now. You know right. what I mean? And um, you just see it over and over and over again. And I think the more that you get them established, and and you see the opposite that happened, right? Look at wild Burmese pythons in the Everglades; they're yeah. freaking vicious. From what I yeah, can well, see. one generation back in the wild, <laughs> yeah, they're long. like ah, we're back. yeah, <laughs> you know. That'd be um, my fault. We go, we go herping in Florida for you know freaking berms, and they'd be like, "It's a berm, I'll grab it." And then I help me, it's it's like wrapping me up. Yeah, dude, I would love to see a berm in the. That'd be fun. I mean, we should go. We should plan a trip to Florida. Yeah. <sighs> if only we knew somebody that lived. If only there, we knew a Phil. dude that could do planning. Yeah. Oh That's yeah. That's right. Rob. He's all obsessed with Australia. I think Rob just. I think he drowns in humidity, man. He's he's scared of humidity and he's scared of ticks. I don't think there's any ticks in Florida, Florida. but there's definitely humidity humidity and alligators. But there's no no ticks in Florida. Yeah, I tried to do that a couple times and it didn't seem to uh, to fly over too well. I'm like, why don't we go down to the Florida? Nah, we're going Mm -hmm. here. Okay, (laughs) we want to go to the desert, not the jungle. Not the. (laughs) You want to go to a swamp? What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, all right. And then uh I guess as we close out, oh. there's uh Pretty. Owen's uh which one is this, Owen? Um it was on your website. Oh, that's okay. That's the that is <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't fucking know. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, um that is the boy. That it's my mail that is um uh what the fuck is cipher. That's that's okay. cipher. Yep. Yes. Yeah, very cool. Very cool shot. I like the, yeah, I like the white background. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what happens when you throw them in a bucket. <laughs> Is that what it was? You did a bucket uh, shot? Yeah, I did that. But yeah, I tilted it because he was on it, so it was weird. But, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that's when you got that tent. You were like... Uh... No, no, no. They, they, he was too big for the tent. What you do is you, oh. just put the, you put him in a bucket and you just kind of kind of I leaned the bucket. It was an all-white bucket and then you take the shot and then you can kind of delete the background on, a, uh, on yeah. Photoshop. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. I do the same thing, but black. But I yep. kind of like the white pops. So it, yeah, yeah. Awesome I snake. To, I had to be different from you at some point. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. Um, cool. 
So yeah. I think we have uh, we have wrapped up the. Uh, I don't know if any of the people in the chat have a question. They've been kind of quiet. I hope either either they really hated this show. Yeah, or they're <laughs> or trying they really to write like the show just because they're just furiously. listening. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, what everybody to do, wants team more pythons. That's a, dude. Everybody wants team more pythons. Okay. And like I'm sitting here and I'm like, I have no money. I have no money. Oh my God, there's one on Morph Market that's below $3,000. Wow, $3,000. It's right now they're $2,900 from Nerd for babies. Um Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. <sighs> Exantic. Chad has some. Timorensis, yeah. Yep. Chad has yeah. the one Exanic Timor. I gotta it's, be honest, man. I didn't really like the Exanic. It does. I it mean, takes, it was cool because it was different. I mean, right? yeah, that's that's the problem. It takes something away from it. Um, I, I don't know what he's doing with that one. I know the last time we talked about it, it was still young. Uh, I know he still has some Timors. At least I think he still does. Um, so I don't know what Chad's doing with it. I'm gonna see if I can pull up a picture real quick. Um, yeah, it it looks cool. Um, I know there was another morph kind of running around out there. It was like an albino, um, but that was. I think they found out that that. I think they revealed that was actually crossed with a retic. Um, ah, uh, for that one. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's not what was up going there. On there. The only yeah. thing that's coming up is uh, exanic ball pythons. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i want at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah clearly this is wrong you incorrect sir so let me see yeah probably because there's just not a lot of uh info on it. i mean i had that picture somewhere a long time ago but uh... let's see if i can pull up chad's facebook page if he's got a photo of it i know he's got and he was working on a ton of stuff I can get him to sell me his Maclots Python. <laughs> I should just ask. I should just yeah, ask. he's he, he he's all he's he's like he breeds pythons and then mm -hmm. he goes back to boas and then yeah, then he gets a bunch of pythons, gets a bunch of boas, and he gets a bunch of everything. Then he gets weird shit. What's a mostly black team nowhere? Yeah, was that is that something that popped up? I don't I don't know. Uh, he's got a lot of blackheads. I I, I trying to think the last time we saw the freaking exanic team more Tinley was the last time I saw it. <clears throat> yeah. That's that's an exanic Malukan. That's another Malukan. I know he's working hard on those. That's some weird ass boa. Malukans. He may not have a picture of it on his Facebook page. We may have to just bug him. Nobody yeah. there it is. Got it. Oh, got it. Yep. Hold on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so. Oh, did you message me? Yeah, I just sent it to you. Uh, okay. Where at? Uh, oh. little, yeah. Gotcha. Facebook. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, there, let's see. Yeah, it's it's cool looking. Um, it kind of de depletes a little bit of kind of what I had there. There you go. That's him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it's cool. I mean, it's it's but weird, but I kind of like the yellow on this. Yeah, snake, you know, it kind of kind of kind of takes away from a Timor. Um, yeah. Would I, I say no they... to it if somebody gave it to me? Fuck no. <laughs> like, it was... well, yeah. I mean, yeah. but like. 
you know, the black doesn't have the same impact on the head scales that it does when it's yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When that yellow is there, it's sort of like something goes away from that. I don't know if it's uh, well, just the I, so, overall color of the head. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not as gold. Yeah. You know, but also that thing is young in this picture. Yeah. I would love yeah. to see it when it hits to its adult size stride. I don't know what we get. I guess we'll have to ask Chad about an update on this one, but um, I'd like to see it when it got older and it's like, you know, it's like the whole yeah. thing of like, wait till it sheds after the egg. Wait till it gets bigger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that's something that uh, a lot of times I think uh, even myself, I take for granted of how much mm. they can look, how different they can look when they're like adults as opposed yeah. to when they're babies, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess we will uh, close it out there and yeah. uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed uh and you know a little natural history which, yeah let us know which one you want us to do next um i prefer animals that owen hasn't been able to breed yet this way i can kind of learn a little bit <laughs> so, yeah so yeah. you know i don't know we could what 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 are you struggling with breeding I, water pythons <laughs> there we go believe it or not that was next on my list you know oh, because God, um, they're annoying <laughs> i saw uh i guess we'll talk about it on carpets and coffee a couple mm things that are out or whatever but uh dan from dm exotics that put out um a video where he was talking about his um pop win uh spotted pythons that he nice. produced which is awesome you know yeah it's cool um and uh i thought uh he started talking about pop win water pythons so mm. he has i think he said he has a group of them nice um because you know they're not really in the hobby because most of the stuff that you see in the hobby today are either queensland i think the majority of them are queensland um i think i think the majority are queensland and then i also think everything else is a question mark mix of god knows what yeah um, so the problem with them though is yeah. although they look all the same um the work they're hasn't been done different. but yeah. they are reported to be different species you know great so. great but it's gonna mess my stuff up <laughs> yeah it's kind of weird though right like do you think that why would why would carpet pythons be the same species from the top end and pop one why would the well i guess they're not the same species of spotted pythons but it seems weird of why they wouldn't be. Why would it, they it not makes, be? It know? makes sense, but it also infuriates me because then it means that my pair of God knows what water pythons are going to... Are hybrids? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you evil hybrid. Go, means I have to go get stinking Queenslands and do that or Northern Territory. Yeah, oh, whatever. if only you knew a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have Queenslands. Um, but you. yeah, we'll do water pythons next. That, cool. That'll be fun. Cool. Um, they're a cool snake. We've seen them in the wild. So we have firsthand account of Largest like you know thing I've ever seen. of them in the wild yeah. and like all our conceptions of like how big that they were and then we see this one that's clearly eating the dogs of the dog park <laughs> you know and the wonder it's huge the thing was raised on goddamn adult possums and it was like Jesus like yeah yeah, yeah. it was humongous mm. um, but okay we'll close it out we'll uh, do that like I said yep. um, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to learn about about Morelia, you can visit our website, moreliapythonradio.com. 
If you enjoyed the show and want to support us, here are a few ways that you can. First, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast app you use. Help us spread the word about how this show and all the other shows on the network are, are awesome. helping people are by sharing them. Share them around. If somebody asks a question, throw the show out there. Exactly. You know, like, it checks out the show. You know? I saw several questions of people asking what kind of morph what morph carpet python did I just hatch? Yeah. And First off, that question hurts my soul because yeah. if you're breeding carpets, you should know what the fuck you're hatching. Number right. one. Number two, throw out the show because clearly these are people who are into Morelia and have no fucking idea what they're doing. Right. So put that out there. Right. Um, and then uh, next, you can uh, follow us on social media uh, and subscribe to us on YouTube at NPR Network, uh, where you can watch all the uh, or listen on podcast on youtube i guess if that's your thing mm -hmm. um but uh social media uh npr network facebook instagram uh yeah and then finally if you want to take it to the next level patreon our teespring store with some npr merch um and all of those links are in the show notes mm -hmm. and if you want to get in touch with us um because you want to ask us a question tell us a show idea whatever it was uh info at moraypythonradio.com is the way to go uh, for that. Um, oh shit. I totally lost my train of thought. It's gone now. It's gone. All right. It's gone. It's gone. Go ahead, Owen. <laughs> All right. Um, what I got is, uh, you can go to rug reptiles.com. I am taking pictures of animals and putting them up for sale this weekend. Very, very cool things like carpet pythons, maybe some Chinese king rats and a couple other things like that. So, uh, that's what we got for everybody. So you can go there. Um, also, you can go to rogue underscore reptiles at uh, Instagram, and I will be at the Hamburg Reptile Show this weekend. Um, not vending, but I will be there quickly in and out, but I can meet people there and drop off some snakes if needed. Uh, that's all we have for everybody this week, so we'll catch everybody here next week for some more Rally of Python Radio. Good night, everybody. Bye.